that tonight uh, God is asking us uh, to really look into. Uh, we're in the, the book of Ecclesiastes. So if you're new here, uh, sorry that we're sort of partway through a particular take on Ecclesiastes. Uh, this word smoke uh, and the whole idea of either living in order to just say, whatever God's given me is smoke. So oh, there's a bit of mist smoke that's going to be here got today, gone tomorrow in my hand. I'll just enjoy that for what it is. To have that gift idea of receiving what God's given us as a gift rather than, oh, oh, that's a good, this bit of smoke is good, I'm going to grab it so I get to keep it. And then realizing actually it was, was smoke and, and it goes as soon as we try and grasp it. We actually end up losing more by grasping than we do just by keeping the hand open and receiving. So that, that's the take that we've been taking in Ecclesiastes. And now we're going to get to dig into uh, chapter 11 to let God give us his wisdom on risks. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just going to briefly ask God again to, to help us all. Heavenly Father, please bless us now. He, help, help us to hear you speak to us. Yes, in wisdom literature, Lord, it's not this kind of uh, do this exact instruction. It, it is training for our minds and our hearts, uh, but Lord, also for our souls tonight. And so, Father, we ask that you would speak, that we would consciously listen, and speak to you in return and take the risk of coming to and meeting the God of the universe. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're just going to start uh, going through it because I don't know if, you, if when that was being read out, as well as Joel read it, did it still seem like, man, that verse is random, that verse is also random, that verse is random, uh, the connection level was low between them. We're going to try and pull it all together. So we're going to go through each bit, hear the wisdom, and go through. So... Verses 1 and 2, ship your grain across the sea, take a risk. This is how the passage starts, take a risk. Now be smart, of course, diversifying your portfolio, by the way, not a modern invention. This is Bronze Age wisdom here, saying, hey, make sure you've got a bunch of different investments so that you're, you're not going to have one of them go down and that's everything, have all your eggs in one basket. Diversify your risk, but take some risk. Risk some capital, says the teacher. This is wise. This is our first piece of our puzzle. Risk some capital. Now, secondly, we come to verses 3 and 4, and we get this sort of strange little cascade. Three things. The first one, if clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. What he's saying there is, is causes lead to natural effects. Then he says, whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, and the place where it falls, there will it lie, even if there was no one there to hear it fall. That is what it is. It is what it is. Whatever is, is. Except reality. Now, if, you've, if, if, you, watch, if you watch uh, uh, mixed martial arts, you will hear that phrase every five seconds from any, in any fighter sort of interview that happens afterwards. It is what it is. It is what it is. It's a, it's a favorite phrase. And this is just, it is what it is. Wherever the tree is, that's where it fell. That's where it, that's where it fell. So it causes lead to their effects, it is what it is, and then thirdly, if you spend all your time looking to be able to predict that, causes lead to effects, and whatever it is, is going to be the thing that is, and so you've got to know that. So if you spend all your time looking out to see if the clouds are full, to see if it's going to rain. I've stopped preaching. I'm just staring there, standing there, staring at clouds, looking to see if they're going to rain, and I don't actually ever build a dam or build a trench or whatever it is that I need to do when it rains, then I'm never going to get anything out of it. 
if I spend all my time watching the market to understand the trends and then I never actually invest in the market, I'm, not, I'm guaranteeing myself zero return from the market. Right? Risk some capital and then recognize it is what it is and you have to therefore be in and actually in with the market. You actually have to invest something in life to get a return. Or you'll just you do nothing. You'll be empty-handed. Now, third point, verse 5. The hard part is you really don't know how it's going to play out. You see, it actually would be really easy to just to sit there and watch the clouds. It's really easy to sit back and study. Like, I know, I know plenty of people who've studied, like, just about all of their whole lives. Now, I'm not saying that that's actually a, necessarily a problem, but for some of them, it's just because they, they, they just want to keep learning because they don't want to actually, they find it really hard to, to, to invest in any particular thing. That's a real thing. It can be really hard for people. I know my, my, brother, my brother kept on saying to us, uh, I'm really bored of uni. And we're like, yeah, I know. Stop doing first year. Like you just change degrees every single year and you're only doing intro subjects. The teacher is not a fan of paralysis through analysis. He says, be wise. Actually take a step. If you never do anything, nothing ever happens. And it's really tempting to, because we do not know how it all works. You can't actually predict it all. You can never know enough to have a risk-free investment. So, you've got to put in some work, he says. Put in some hard yards. Sometimes you just got to put your best few forward, try a few things. In fact, he's quite positive here, isn't he? He says, you don't know if this one will work, or if this app that you start up that you do will work, or if they'll all work. They might, all, they, might all go, they might all be fantastic. And so the conclusion is, don't stop doing stuff. Don't stop investing in life. Whatever you've been given, and you might have been given heaps and heaps of talents and be able to be CEO or something, or you might have been given enough talent to dig a ditch and be a fantastic uncle. And it's like, what's wrong? That's great. Good. Well, that, that's a pretty good lot in life. Whatever the season is, whatever the thing you've been given, whatever this misty bit of life that God happens to have given you, whether you think you're tops or you think you're at the bottom or wherever you think you are, great, participate in it. Put in some work. You don't know how things will go. All right, lose some capital. It's going to be whatever it's going to be. You can't tell what it's going to be, so just go for it. Right? That's, where, that's where, how we're weaving it together so far. We're nearly there. And then you get these couple of, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, okay? These next two ones are just like positive with a wet blanket. Positive with a slap in the face. Okay? Seven and eight. Light sweet. Pleases the eye to see the sun. However many days of that you get in. Actually, we had a pretty good winter, by the way. This, is, this, has, been, <laughs> this has been a really good winter for, um, for someone who comes from Queensland. I'm like, this has, been, this has actually been quite good. However many years anyone may live, let him enjoy them all. I have been. But let them remember the days of darkness, for there will be many. In the context here, he's really talking about youth and age. You're going to have lots of great days, and then you're going to get old. And it's going to be really, really hard. And your knee's going to hurt, like, all the time. It's great. Enjoy the good things. We've heard a lot of that from the teacher before. Just remember that there'll be times when it's not going to be good. Don't let that stop you from enjoying the good. But, yeah, it's also not going to be good. Second plus minus statement. Enjoy the summer. Remember the winter. Second one is, you who are young, be happy while you're young. 
And let your heart give you joys in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see. This sounds like a license for youth party culture, doesn't it? This is pretty good for the young people, so they think. Then the wet blanket. (laughs) But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. High, low. High, low. Enjoy your youth and remember judgment. Enjoy summer and remember winter. It's a strange sort of doublet of things. You think, oh, well, if I, that sort of spoils the summer if I, if I know winter's coming. It could be, it spoil this sense of like, oh, enjoy my youth if I know that there'll be days when I'll, it'll be really hard. And yet, here comes the conclusion. Here is the final, adding all of those things up together. What is his conclusion? So then, banish anxiety from your heart, cast off the troubles of your body for youth and vigor. Ah, they're just smoke. Here today, gone tomorrow. You hear it? Have fun. Get amongst it. The conclusion of all this is not it's all useless all anyway, and this is why meaningless is such a terrible translation for some of those for some bits of the Bible where it says youth and vigor are meaningless. No, 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 youth and vigor are smoke, they're temporary, they're here today, gone tomorrow. And so he's saying, use them. You got them, get amongst it. Take some risk. I think we're scared quite often. Um, there's a, a bloke who, uh, Veritasium, I think, I can't pronounce his YouTube channel, but anyway, he, he, he does experiments and he's a scientific mind. And, and in this particular um, exercise that he did, he went around asking people, would you take this bet? So he went up to this, this lots of people, but this bloke on the seat, and said, right, I've got to flip a coin in the air, grab it and put it down on my hand, and if you can call heads or tails and get it right, I'll give you 10 bucks. Now, if I flip it and I call it and you get it wrong, you've got to give me 10 bucks. And this bloke was like, no, nah, not doing that. And then the next person he went and talked to, no, nah, not doing that. Next person, no, nah, not doing that. Everyone refused. I'm assuming that that was pretty true and it wasn't that he actually had 50 people saying the opposite and he only took the, took the five who, who did the one side, who, who said no and 50 said yes. I'm pretty sure he did that. He then upped it. Oh, what about 12 bucks? I'll give you better odds. 12 bucks if, if you win, and you've only got to give me 10 if you lose. No. 15. 20. It was only when he got up to 50 that this bloke was like, oh, maybe. All right. All right. Okay. 50. Okay, sure. Earlier on, he said it's because he wasn't a betting man. He was, he was against his morals. But once he got to 50, then he was like, okay, maybe. <laughs> it was interesting. And he, he, he says at the end of this, he says it's because actually we risks, losses hit us harder than gains. Losses hit us harder than gains. And I think a part of the reason that losses hit us harder than gains is because we think that we have the things that we have when they're actually smoked. And so we don't take risks because things with we think, but I've got my life. I've got my life and my lifestyle. I've got everything set up. Look at what I've look at what I've the degree and the career and the things that I've built for myself. Look at all of that. And would I be willing to give that up? And the logic that the teacher applies is, what do you mean give that up? You're acting like you can control whether you give that up or not. You're acting like it's 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 solid ground to stand on. That's why you're not taking risks, he says. But it's smoke. So you can take risks. In fact, you need to take risks. 
or you're not going to get any return. And that was the guy, this guy's, this guy's sitting here scratching his head. He's like, do these people know? Like, this is a really good deal. He got up to 20 bucks. He's like, why are they not taking the... Some of you out here who have like got mathematical probability minds who were just... Who, who, you're the same. You were scratching your head being like, they weren't taking it at 20 bucks? Why do we live protecting nest eggs from harm? Why do we live scared? We can't take the stuff anywhere anyway. And the teacher focuses us on that idea. Because everything we have is smoke. He says, banish anxiety. Ignore arthritis. <laughs> Whether you're young and you're anxious because of stuff, and then that's why you're not getting out there and taking risks. Whether you're old and everything just hurts and it's just hard. It's like, it's all smoke. The youth that you have or the youth that you, that's gone and now you don't have it, it's all just smoke anyway. Why are we living like we've got so much to protect and nothing to offer? In Matthew, Jesus really picks up a similar sort of idea to this. And it's actually really it's strange because this seems like financial advice almost, doesn't it, right? But Jesus picks this up and he actually applies it to the very center of Christianity. He says here to his disciples, I'm, I'm going to go and die on a cross. And Peter says, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, we can't risk that. You are too valuable. We can't, we can't give you up. You're the one. You can't be given up. And Jesus says, actually, <laughs> that, that attitude, that, that inability to, to, to trust God, is, that's a problem. That's going to stop blessing from coming if I don't risk. If I don't risk that my Father is truly trustworthy and will raise me and will have me. And Jesus says, anyone who wants to follow me, actually, that's the attitude you've got to have as well. To deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Because the one who wants to save their life, the one who says, well, the risk is going to hurt harder than I don't need the gain, I can just be content with. The one who wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for Jesus will find it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and to forfeit their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Do you see the end there is judgment, just like it is in Ecclesiastes. Risk is at the heart of the gospel. And Jesus was willing to do it. Now, look, what, what, what do we do with this as a, as, as, a, as a bunch of Christian people? Some of us here are Christians. Lots of us here are Christians. Um, the first one we do is that we, we decide that it's actually, in living for Jesus, it's actually okay to risk. I mean, what's the last thing that you risked? And what's the last decision that you didn't make just because of the risk? What was the, what was the, what was the last person that you didn't go up and talk to because of the risk of feeling awkward, of looking stupid? What was the last friend that you didn't ask to be your friend? Well, the potential friend that you didn't ask to be your friend in case they said no. Maybe there's less to lose than you think. In fact, I think that's what Jesus is saying. There is nothing to lose for a Christian because you can't keep it. Uh, Jim Elliot classically said this, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. There's a man who lived that out by giving his life for the gospel 
as he died on the mission field. Now, for second level Christians, I actually think there's one little other thing that we kind of do. Oops, sorry, didn't mean to flick that. I think actually we sometimes need to take the risk to pray. Take the risk to pray. We talk about God, we do theology, we study the Bible on here, and then we worry and we work and we try and sort out life over here. And quite often we don't actually put the two together. And maybe it's because you don't, you don't, maybe it's the risk that I'll actually find out my God won't actually change my life and I'll find out that my faith is actually false and I'll, I'll, I'll actually lose my faith. So I'll pres- I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to risk losing my faith by going and tr- actually trusting God because I don't want to put him to the test, find him wanting, and then realize, oh, well, he didn't really, nothing really changed, he didn't really help. I haven't, you know, so then. Are we protecting God sometimes with our lack of prayer? Or maybe ourselves, maybe many other things. But I wonder if praying is a risky thing. And we need to do it. Lastly, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, why not investigate him? In fact, I'm going to go further. There are a bunch of people who I reckon who are here who have, have been or are investigating Jesus. And I love that. It is so beautiful that that's normal for our church. And, and I, I hope that there's more like you keep on coming and, and, and be there. But I wonder if actually, I wonder if actually you're better off just, just, just trusting him. Just deciding to ask him to be your king. Like, don't try before you buy in the sense of, you know, standing around and just gaining more knowledge, looking at the clouds. Will, it, will Jesus really work? I wonder. Looking at the clouds, wondering if it's going to rain. That never investing. But maybe stop pussyfooting around the outside and actually just, just, just get in the game. Try him out. See. Taste and see. G.K. Chesterton said this, as you can see. Christianity's often actually just been left untried. In va- examined and looked at from the outside, but never tried. And then that person never has Christ. My challenge to you is, why not try Jesus? Make him your boss. Make him your king. Over everything. And if you're a Christian, and there's about a part of your life you're holding back from Jesus, I don't want to invest that because I might lose it if I, if, I, if I hand that over to God. Ah, can't keep it anyway. What on earth are you, what on earth are you trying to hold that back for? Brother and sister, friend, stranger I haven't met, but I hope to get to know soon. You have got nothing to lose, says the teacher. I'm going to pray for you now. Heavenly Father, you're good and this world is temporary. Father, please give us the wisdom to not hold on to things that we cannot hold on to and to be willing to risk it to find the most precious thing of all. True life with you, eternal life with you, and the joy of knowing the God who made us. Father, forgive us for holding things back just in foolish fear. Lord, that's all of us. Whether you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm such an anxious person, this is so for me, and I'm probably the only one here who's like this. Or whether you're sitting there thinking, oh, I, I, it's not really fear that stops me, God, and we're making excuses, Father. It's, this is all of us. Father, please forgive us and help us to risk going to you in repentance to receive your forgiveness 
so that, Lord, we might, be, we might gain the thing that we cannot lose. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.